listening to the We Talk Games podcast. Or are you? You are under my power. Look into the hypnotic eye. As I have in the past, I'm going to ask you to repeat the Insomniac's Oath. Please assume the position and repeat after Mr. Lobo. I, as an initiated member of the Sleepless Nights of Insomnia and a dedicated listener to We Talk Games, do solemnly swear to listen to the October Spooktacular, the whole October Spooktacular, and nothing but the October Spooktacular. So help me, Mr. Lobo. You may stand down. Here we go! dreaming. You're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular. I'm your spectral narrator and humble horror host, Mr. Lobo of Cinema Insomnia. This week's feature is Night Slashers. That's right. Night Slashers. Once again, turn off all the lights and turn up the volume as we prepare to kick the pale and flabby keisters of monsters, mutants, and the walking dead. This is Mr. Lobo, and you're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular. Week 2. Night Slashers. Total terror that will drive you to the brink. Here we go! And we will go into another ooky, cookie, and of course, spooky episode of We Talk Games Arcade Weekly Spooktacular. <laughs> we can always count on Keith, the Robo Duke, for the low rent sound effects. Ahoy and ooh! And we're also joined by John E. Capcom. How's it going, sir? Host of Canon Canon on the Giant Media Ball Network. And unfortunately, Stinky the Game Master will be joining us later with some Halloween trick-or-treat safety tips. Oh boy. And speaking of our inept owner, overseer, and overlord, Stinky the Game Master, he's actually requested that we do this entire episode while wearing plastic vampire teeth (laughs) in an effort to make the spooktacular episodes more Halloween-y. So, gentlemen, I know you were shipped all your paraphernalia. Let's put those in and get started. Okay, I mean, I got mine here. I'm going to pop them in. 
Alright, this is not working. No, it's not. It cut my gums too. I'm bleeding pretty bad. Uh, so we are going to forego this nonsense and uh, get started. Now this week we're talking about Night Slashers, 1993 by Data East. It's a uh, horizontal side-scrolling beat-em-up. And for those familiar with Data East and that particular genre, you're aware that this is a 50-50 shot of whether or not this is going to be a trick or treat. Now, thankfully for us, I think everybody on the line found that this game was quite the treat. Yes, indeed. Yeah, rousing success. I had enjoyed all of my time with Night Slashers. What stands out the most for me with this particular title is the visual presentation and art direction. There's a lot of great animations here. And because we're talking about spooky, monster, Halloween-y type games, because we're talking about zombies, fellas, this game is chock full of zombies, and they're done really well. I think if you take that away, it's just a solid beat-em-up, but because of the theme of this game, it kind of gives it this high watermark as far as visual presentation is concerned. I do have a few making mechanics, there is a lot of crossover, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, pretty much all beat-em-ups have the same foundation from where they started. So, if you guys want to just jump in with some of your own choices, that'd be great. But, for me, I started with Double Dragon 1987 by Technos. Yeah, I think this is a jumping-off point for most brawlers. Yep. Uh, I think this is the start of the genre. And then I followed it up with Final Fight. 1989 by Capcom. The reason why I chose Final Fight particularly is because there are uh, three different characters within that game that play very differently from one another, and that is the same mechanic that you find in this game. You have three different fighters. They fight differently. They move differently. They have different speed, different technique, and that's very important for making an interesting beat-em-up. Then I uh, followed up with... Alien vs. Predator, 1994 by Capcom. Again, three different styles of fighting. I'm sorry, four different styles of fighting in that game with four different characters. And each character plays differently. That's what we experience in this game as well. Do you guys want to add any making mechanics that maybe I forgot? or? What is no. this 91 sli- Night Slashers was? 1993. 93. Obviously the, ca- the Castlevania arcade game. I mean, very different style, but I mean, the Dracula in this game is very much in the style of the side art and the box art of the Japanese Castlevania releases. Art of fighting as well, I'd nearly say, because the characters have a similar style and the sprites are huge. It's that kind of weird look. Uh, Splatterhouse, um, I'm not sure if Splatterhouse came before or after. No, definitely before. Yeah, well, thematically, Splatterhouse is a great pull because of the splooshing and gooshing happening with a lot of the animations between Night Slasher and Splatterhouse. Exactly. Obviously, Splatterhouse plays differently. You're a single plane moving left to right, whereas uh, you can move in and out in this game. But um, the way you smash your enemies to bits, I think this game actually does those animations better than Splatterhouse. Yeah, and the characters do have a very early SNK look to them. Like, you compare it to Art of Fighting. Definitely with uh, the one main character dude wearing, like, a full-on suit. Reminds me a lot of uh, King and uh, one of the other guys from Art of Fighting and King of Fighters who wears a, uh, a suit. Actually, the guy who was the lead in Art of Fighting. I can't remember his name right now, but... Dan? 
I think. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because for <laughs> making mechanic making mechanics wise, you you nailed them, Kyle. So did you, John? We could sit here and talk all day about side scrolling brawlers because they are all essentially just the same. You need to be able to move left and right top to bottom along the plane and you need to be able to punch and jump you know two to three buttons are all you need and alien versus predator probably cream of the crop when it comes to these and the similar thing i find between this the aliens arcade uh, beat em up and alien versus predator is the fact that your enemies aren't all humanoid there's a lot of monstrous creatures while double dragon final fight and stuff is just all these dudes from 1980s new york yeah, that's right uh but before we get uh, too deep into the enemies Let's talk about the characters in Night Slasher and the differences between them. I know we talked a little bit about it offline, but John, why don't you take the reins of this beast and break down the plot and the uh, characters within this game? From what I can gather, shit's going down, basically, and it's monster-themed. People are being attacked. Are our lead characters, are they the Night Slashers, or are Night Slashers attacking That's a great question. I'm going to go with that. The uh, three playable characters as a group are the Night Slashers. Okay, well, from the hairstyles of one of the characters, I should imagine that maybe Night Slashers was a band he was thinking of starting. (laughs) Yes, I think you're referring to Jake Hunter, the American Monster Hunter. You were asking me earlier on, off-camera, <laughs> about who Jake uh, would remind you of, and you said a heavy metal guitarist. Now, personally, that's not who I thought he looked like. I thought he looked like... Remember in The Lost Boys, there was the vampire who got killed in the bathtub? Yeah, the okay, I, I see that. That's who yeah. he reminded me of. I was almost certain that you were going to bring up that fucking saxophone player. From that <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say his name was Marco, but it's not... Because at the end of it, he gives out to the Frog Brothers for killing Marco. Marco is Bill or Ted. Yeah, so he looks like him, but he's also got performance-enhancing arms, big metal arms, which have guns on them and shit. So he's a little bit Iron Man. He's obviously American, and the the other male with the slick back hair, he's European. He's uh, the most well-known martial artist in Europe, from what I understand. Now, I've never heard of him. You're referring to Christopher Smith, the resident vampire hunter of the team. And yes, he's listed as a world-famous martial artist slash vampire hunter. We have Hung Hua from Japan, our token female character. And I believe she's just listed as a ninja. I don't think she has any experience fighting... The undead or monsters or anything. She's just a ninja? She's not like a ghost hunter or... I don't believe she's listed as anything. Maybe she could have been like an expert at killing those hopping zombies. Yeah, yeah, the hopping vampires. That's right, hopping vampires from Japanese yeah, folklore. Yeah, Chinese folklore. Sorry, Chinese folklore. Our ignorance is showing. It's that uh, oriental folklore. <laughs> <laughs> That's not racist here, by the way. Yeah, well, I don't know if we're using Europe as the metric, considering your free use of the word cunt. Yeah, yeah. But but it's cool. She she has those little uh, talismans she throws on guys, and they explode in fire. You know, she's got that whole edge to her. So it's weird they don't describe her as anything. I had them written down because the only place they give you their names, I think, are on the uh, attract screen. 
and when you select them, and even when you select them, it's just their first name. So I just wrote down their characters were Slick Dude, Robot Rocker, and Xu Huang, because I was like, she looks like that girl from Tekken, I guess. This is what I like about Night Slashers, is that it has three characters to select from, and each character plays differently. A few weeks back, we talked about Dead Connection. There was four characters in that game, but they all played the same way. The best thing you can do for your brawler is have different characters played differently. In Night Slashers, they dump in that fight game mechanic. There's different moves each character can do. And it's important to point this out because a lot of its contemporaries, a lot of these cash-in titles, would have these brawlers where each character played the same way. And that is very boring. This game is not boring at all. Yeah, I bet Wiggly would love this game because it lets you, like, suplex giant monsters Each and stuff. character has its own moveset, different types of throws, different types of screen-clearing bombs that you can perform. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's, you can do suplexes and DDTs and fucking, like, when you're a Jake, you can pick guys up and actually swing them like they're a steel chair and all that kind of stuff. But it's not Mutant Fighter, which is amazing. Like, you, know, I mean, <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, John. You know, Mutant Fighter does all that, but it's fucking boring. Whereas this game... <laughs> like, You're absolutely right, John. Please continue. This game, Mutant Fighter doesn't let you... I don't know if you guys played as uh, Ho Huang or whatever her name is, but she has a fucking awesome move where if you jump in the air and you hit down an attack... She stomps the enemy into the ground. Oh, they can all do that. Yep, they can all do that. Oh, everyone can do that? Okay, I just played her the whole time because I usually prefer the speed characters in the uh, beat-em-up games over the all-around or the super strong and slow. Yeah, yeah. it's something I wanted to talk about is that each character has its own weight, its own speed. And I did play Hung Hua the most. I mean, I tried playing as Jake, but he was just so lethargic and slow. Yeah, too slow. I did alternate a little bit between her and Chris because I like both their special moves. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about their crazy special moves yet well please do it's a three button game no one button wee wee action here (laughs) thanks for bringing that up (laughs) so you got your controller three buttons basic attack jump and then your super duper special move most fighting games stick with two buttons and pressing the jump and the attack button at the same time do your crazy special move and in this you have that as well but it doesn't take health away your big crazy special move will take like a third of your health Each of them have a different elemental power, I would say. Chi Chang has, I don't know if she's saying Phoenix Flash or Phoenix Blast. I don't know, man, but every time you say her name, it keeps (laughs) changing. Hong Hyu. I believe it's either Hong Hua or Hong Hyu. Okay, Hong Hyu, she has a sound. Yeah, it's hard to understand what they say because it is that. (laughs) Oh, you mean the game. You mean the game. Right, the the voice synthesis in the game. You mean the voice synthesis. Yes, yes, in the game. The game, when any character oh. says their special attack it's hard to understand what they're saying so easiest to understand is her and it sounds like she's saying phoenix flash or phoenix blast yes i believe you're right she's saying one of those two things yes thanks john john in lieu of trying to have keith receive a lot of hate mail why don't you tell everybody who you played the most as <laughs> it was just the minute you said that i was there going ah, oh, like anyone with an editing program can just take that out of context so easily. Oh, for sure. But, sweet, uh, not- sweet cans, sweet cans. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I played as Jake for the most part just because he had the coolest wrestling moves. <laughs> you mark. <laughs> I did notice like, you can actually run the ropes in this game. You can, yeah. He does the lariat as well when he has his charging move. 
I played as them all, I'll be honest with you, but I just stuck with him just because it felt like when I got crowded, I could deal with it a little bit easier with him. You do get crowded quite a bit. And I don't know, I just, that is the arcade to me. Like, yeah, Jake, you look at him and you see 1993. Yeah, fucking, I knew who he was straight away. The other two had a bit of mystery to them. Like, yeah, you know? Jake Hunter looks like he pisses Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> look, yeah, he looks like he would have been not out of place as an audience member or a contestant on roller games. <laughs> yeah. He could have been another character in World Heroes. Yeah. Yeah, back by popular demand and still in the building, Jake Hunter. Yeah. Did, did <laughs> you also... never left, he lives under the stairs. <laughs> did you guys notice that all the characters have sweet entrance attire too? Yes, I did. Yeah, that at the start the of jackets. Yeah, the ring jackets that at the start of the level, they, like, whip off their coats, like, all right, time There's to definitely a heavy wrestling influence in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that in my notes, wrestling moves. And while we're on the subject of wrestling, let's talk about what you're actually wrestling with in this game, which is a decent amount of different types of zombies. Well, there's one that's Brian Cranston with no arms that pukes on you. <laughs> you're absolutely right. That totally is Brian Cranston. <laughs> but, uh... I wrote down most of the bosses at mini-bosses, which... Yeah, there's some crazy ones. There's the Puppet Master and the Killer Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. A lot of bosses are really cool. Like you got oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. No Wolfman for Wiggly, sadly. But, uh... Yeah, Wolfman's... Oh, no, there are, there are Wolf... Beat them up. There yeah, Wolfman. little baddie guys. And there's a bunch of Draculas in this game as well, obviously. But, um... There's, like, a little fat Leatherface guy that chased you, and he's, like, a just regular character. The bosses, I mean, what was it? There's... Death is in it, so Death, Dracula, Frankenstein, like there's a lot of Castlevania similarities there. You're right, but sadly, no jumping humpers in this <laughs> no, game. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no jumping humpers, man, but you do fight a mummy pharaoh on a plane. Yeah, there's a lot of cool set pieces in this game. It's fucking badass, this game. You know, there's a lot of games in beat-em-ups that have those kind of chase scenes like on planes and on cars. And stuff like that, and the plain one in this is really cool, but something in this, the second level, which I don't know if any other beat-em-ups have this, I couldn't think of any, where you're running on foot. Like, you're not on a jet skateboard or anything like that. What what else does that? Alien Storm or Alien Syndrome, I think, on the Mega Drive? Oh yeah, there is, totally. And you're running along and you're blasting people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they had that in this one where the second level you're on a foot chase and you're chasing a carriage. And speaking of humpers, let's check in with Stinky the Game Master for his Halloween safety tips. Oh boy. Magic suck will connect you. Magic suck. Okay, thanks, uh, guy. And Sneaky the Game Master back again for your Halloween safety tip. Hope that uh, tip last week worked out for you well and you stayed safe. Today's tip is going to be Gin with Batteries. Now, never discard batteries into an open fire. They may explode. But they're great for flashlights. So make sure you get your 12 volt hmm. lantern batteries. Something's been really sticking in my craw. I just can't fake being happy anymore. It was something that that Brian said. He doesn't like characters. Brian doesn't like the characters. I don't know, maybe he's got a point. Uh, but then again, 
We did just break the top 300 in video game podcasts in the iTunes Music Store. And hey, that's a big deal. I mean, popularity isn't everything, but it sure does feel nice. And we're growing more and more each week. So that's got to mean something. Hmm. But Brian wasn't the only one to talk about the characters. I remember when We Talk Games had an independent listener survey about the different features of the show. And one of the comments that was written in was, Don't let Stinky talk to the guests. So what does Wiggly do? He makes me talk to every guest. And boy, when you when you look through the history of We Talk Games, well, we started in 2006, and no one said we'd ever be able to continue without Josh. And boy, we proved them wrong when we rebooted the show. When you go down the list of guests that we were able to get on the program, it read like a who's who of who's important in video game history. I mean, we had freaking Ralph Bear and Nolan Bushnell on the same program. You know, those are the roots of home consoles and arcade games. And pinball, freaking Steve Ritchie and George Gomez. And music, Tommy Tallarico. I mean, you can't get better than that. Uh-uh. And Brian talks about T.T. Schmookins just being some type of titty joke. Well, she's no titty joke. Although she does have square boobs and beautiful antenna nipples. She was the one that was able to get Tommy Tallarico on the program because she pretended to be his old DOS MIDI program. And she used to be the one that would read Wiggly all the current video game stats in Japan and America. She had my baby after we kissed. And, uh... Well, I can't waste all my time worrying about what Brian thinks. I mean, I'm glad he likes the show. I guess. Hmm. He does have that sweet ass. Well, guess I better get back to thinking about what the hell I'm talking about about these safety tips. Who the hell knows what I'm telling people to do? Guess I'll stop thinking and... And then, like you talk. When you tie your shoes, make sure that you don't tie your shoes to each other. Keep each set of shoelaces respective to the shoe that they're currently involved in. I'm singing the game, Master. That's your Halloween safety tip for this week. Just a tip. And now, here comes the real deal, boy. He was a mild-mannered businessman just wandering through the Nevada Plains. The atomic bomb went off, and then with the suitcase and Mr. Lobo. Mr. Lobo is going to tell you exactly everything about this title that it took those nerds 20 minutes to tell you. Go, Mr. Lobo, go. To cross the river Styx to the land of the dead, you must give the skeletal oarsman a coin. This stand-up arcade game was our ferryman back in 1993. It's been 22 years since that fateful day came to pass. The world, overrun by monsters, mutants, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Dexter, Bojack Horseman, had become all but unfit for human habitat. Armies overrun. Survival supplies running low. The word overrun overused. The few remaining humans have almost run out of hope. And bathroom tissue. Oozy floozies crawl from the slime. Freaks feasting on our young. Creepy crawlies everywhere in a pseudo-futuristic world gone mad. It's time for action. Graft on your huge cyborg arms and staple on your heavy metal hairdo 
it's time to drop kick into Night Slashers. The visual presentation, the art direction, the animation, these are the strong points of Night Slashers. It, it was just really thought out, and it's really something that's cool. It's cool and fun to play. Very colorful. Yeah, it's very colorful, and I, I feel like I say this a lot. I say this very often, that you can have a gory, dark horror game and use more than black, white, red, and sepia tones. You know, this game's got magenta and cyan and uh, just all the whole spectrum of colors, and yet it, it feeds into this Halloween, this horror film motif so easily. I mean, here's a very bloody and gory, violent game, and it's using all the crayons in the box. When you're killing these zombies, they just, like, sploosh away. <laughs> yeah, everything melts. Everyone the- melts when you kill them. Even vampires turn to stone and then melt. <laughs> Film in the make of mechanics here, almost. I don't know if any of you ever seen Caligula. Have you ever seen Caligula? No. There's a bit in Caligula where there's, like, all these, like, I guess dissidents are buried up to their necks in tar or whatever, and uh, there's, like, a head chopping machine rolling over the ground and it's cutting their heads off. And there's a bonus stage in this game which reminded me of that, where, like, after you double stomp a character, they'll go up to their necks into the ground and then you can just kick them in the face when they're, uh, they're buried and there's just like this kind of whack-a-mole moment. <laughs> yeah, I saw just that. Stomping the heads off these helpless kind of villains, like, and it's yeah, but it's so and, weird because they're zombies, but then the crowd watching you is zombies. Yeah, you live in a world that. where zombies rule the world because even all the advertisements are for like Zomburger and stuff you like know, that. My favorite thing is drug zombie. It's just written in the background. <laughs> That's such that early 90s dare anti-drug where it's all the villains are doing drugs because drugs are bad, kids. Beat up the druggies. Maybe in this universe, the drugs cause the zombie outbreak. Ooh. Well, that doctor boss at the beginning, he was there going, I'm doing experiments because I'm crazy. What I like about the story is that you have these three hunters or night slashers, and they're essentially just saving one family unit. Yeah, yeah. That's the end goal, to rescue a mom, a dad, and a kid. And they look like they live in the house from Splatter House in the middle of the woods. And then they brought them to the casino at the end. Yes. Ah, yes, the ending, which is very goofy. Jake Hunter, the resident American, is portrayed as a loudmouth, drunk, uh, gambling dickhead. <laughs> that was Hunter's ending? Who do you go to ending? get paid by? Yeah, that was Hunter's ending. Jeez. Who do you go to get paid by, though, if you kill all these monsters? Like, do you turn up to the government and just be like, well, look, I took care of this problem. So, uh. Can I have dollars now? I want hazard pay. I want fucking overtime. I worked at nights a lot. <laughs> not a choice. If I'd have my way, I would have taken care of this in the daytime. Yeah, shockingly, not a very deep story in this game. And you figure it would be, considering it's a 1993 brawler. Yeah. But I love that about older games. I remember listening to an interview with Jeff uh, Minter, or Mintner, how the fuck he pronounce his surname. Oh, wait, I can do this one. Ready? Uh, it is Minter. That one was for Chris over on Twitter. He follows us, and so can you, at We Talk Games. 
give us a follow. That way you can criticize the way we pronounce people's names. No, no, I, I actually have read his name spelled both ways. Yeah, well, I believe uh, Chris is correct. It is Minter. I think it is Minter, yeah. But uh, I remember seeing an interview with him or listening to one. I can't remember at this point. But uh, he's talking about, he's like, I'm not a storyteller. I just make games. He's like, none of my games have a fucking story. They have a theme. It's kind of admirable in a way because it's, that's kind of the pure game experience. Like, you know, when you play, I'm not sure if they're on the droid store, but if you have an iPhone, you can play uh, Minotron and uh, stuff like that. And these just are pure game experiences, as a lot of the early games were. This is kind of in that mold, whereas, like, if it came out now, like, you see a lot of the newer beat em ups and stuff, and they have a little bit more story, and it's just because, you know, I guess people growing up become accustomed to story or maybe they feel like story is important to their game but back then like it was just it didn't matter yeah i feel like a lot of the developers now uh, grew up with these games then and when they were playing them as children they made up the stories in their head and now that they are making their own games and they have the technology to do so they can actually dump more story in yeah specifically with the beat-em-up genre yeah and even when it tells the story the vocals the audio tracks they're playing don't match the subtitles on the screen like ever so you don't you're not even sure what story to follow the one they're talking about or the one you're being shown on the screen one that actually shocked me just because it was so wow all right it was when you go up to the pharaoh and he splits out the thing and his text just says something innocuous like i'll kill you or whatever but the fucking the actual audio he goes you will be raped by the fires of hell or something i'm like jesus fuck that's a hell of a trick i need to go back and check to make sure that's actually what he said <laughs> oh man that one of the best bosses we're he gonna does, find he that d- he definitely says yeah, like i mean look at he does, that maybe that's not word for word but he says something very similar i i was just like jesus that was uncalled for. you know what else is cool about the mummy boss is anytime you die on a boss much like in punch out where you get knocked down the bosses will taunt you and the mummy just sits there giving you like the thumbs downs yeah. <laughs> like, it's waiting for you to continue it's so cheesy and so like a ploy just to get you to put another quarter in and it worked and then you fight a helicopter and that was boring i hate when i hate when beat em ups used to do that where you'd have all these cool bosses and then they're like fight a helicopter you're like what this is so uncreative when are we going to f- talk and do a, an episode on burning fight well john we're not too far away from holiday haymakers so uh Stay tuned. Because Burning Fight has a bit where you fight a truck. Seems to be in between dimensions because the perspective on the drawing itself is off. You know what I'm talking about with Burning Fight. Yes, I do. You know. And I'm just saying we might be talking about that game in the near future. I might be on the schedule. I might be moving things around right now. All right. You know what I'm talking about. But on the subject of Night Slashers, (laughs) I think this game is perfect for this time of the year. Perfect for Spooktacular. I think the artwork holds up. I think the gameplay holds up. I think it works because the zombie craze that's happening on all the different movies and television shows, this is a game you want to play. This is a game that you're going to enjoy if you're into zombies, if you're into brawlers, if you're into classic arcade games. This is really cool. This is a game I strongly recommend. All that being said, if I were to have just one critique about this game, I wish there were power-ups or weapons. Well, there was. You could pick up swords and knives. Yeah, occasionally you'd throw a blade or something. But what I'm looking for is something along the lines of what we saw in Alien vs. Predator or Cyberlip. I mean, it'd be cool to have a machine gun or to fit the trope of machete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think such a small feature, a small addition to this game would have gotten it to that next level. Like, this is a good, solid game, but if it just had that, like, weapon mechanic, at least for me, it would have brought it to that excellent game caliber. Yeah, I think they could remake that and add those power-ups in. Put, like, some uh, RPG elements, you know, power up different skill sets on them, unlock different moves and stuff, give it maybe that River City Rampage, go to a restaurant and eat food to power up or something, you know, put some... (laughs) Now you're just making a completely new game. Yeah, but (laughs) with that monster theme, because this is one... I didn't play this as a kid, but if I had, I probably would have loved it more than I loved Final Fight or Double Dragon, because monsters were kind of my favorite thing as a child. It was my favorite game to play, was let's all pretend we're monsters and run around, you know? Yeah, and really, I'm shocked that there aren't more games in the beat-em-up genre that focus around monsters. I mean, can you imagine a four-player beat-em-up, like Turtles, but instead of Turtles, it's the Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah, this would have been, yeah. You got Dracula, you got Frankenstein's monster, you got the Wolfman, and you got the creature from the Black Lagoon. Like, that would be insane. And this isn't a brilliant idea. Like, I don't think it's that far of a stretch. I I know we got Darkstalkers, which is, you know, similar to this. Yeah, which is basically that, yeah. Come on, O'Kyle, you saying you weren't satiated with Dr. Franken on the SNES? (laughs) <laughs> I think it's fair to say that I was not. He's so cool! I mean, I know he's a cool dude because he's got a skateboard and sunglasses. <laughs> Much like another cool character, Denver the Last Dinosaur. But alas, <laughs> I did not dig that game. <laughs> oh, there was uh, Kid Dracula as well. Yeah. That, that was, was actually that. a good game. But uh, you're right, though. It w- like, if there had been like a, oh, I don't know, like a Capcom 1994-95 highly detailed arcade game where you play as the Universal Monsters, that would have been fucking great. If you were Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, and, I don't know, Wolfman, yeah. But alas, that game does not exist. (laughs) Or a Monster Squad video game where you get to play the kids. You have to hit extra buttons so you can be a homophobe. (laughs) (laughs) Hit X to call your friend a faggot. (laughs) Oh my, I don't think that made the show. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you guys are recommending this game, who would you recommend this game to? Yeah, no, I would recommend this to anyone who likes older arcade games, uh, is looking for one of the gems, I suppose. The thing is, a lot of those games, there's a thin line between boring and fun, if it gets too monotonous or whatever else. Because the playstyle is, it's the same thing the whole way throughout. But this game plays well. It plays like Final Fight because it feels loose, but at the same time... It works. You can change direction of your punches and the dashes work. Like, everything just works. It looks fantastic, so it holds up from that end. This game looks ten times better than a lot of PS2 games that were real looking ten years ago. It's a really cool game. Maybe, uh, I mean, I'd never heard of it until we started playing it, so maybe it could be one of those games that you kind of go back and play for the first time. I would totally recommend it. I think it's a great game to play for Halloween, and if you're into both Final Fight and Castlevania, but you don't want to take the time to play both, this is perfect. I would strongly agree with you, John. And now it's time for the part of the show where we do movie taglines. Keith, hit us up with a movie tagline for Night Slashers. Night Slashers. It's like Monster Squad on an eight ball. (laughs) All right, John, why don't you give it a go? Um, All right. uh, One came to fight. One came to something else. One came to rock. And they're Night Slashers. (laughs) All right, my movie tagline is Night Slashers. Sploosh. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
Let me remind everybody to please like, comment, and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and a million other places. Your ratings and reviews help us and support us greatly, and it costs you nothing. You can follow us on Twitter, at WeTalkGames. Tweet us your favorite Halloweeny game, and use the spooktacular hashtag. Keep that trending. And don't forget to follow Mr. Lobo while you're at it. Oh, and for fuck's sake, while we're talking about liking and commenting and subscribing, Subscribing youtube.com slash user slash Nico Bun. That's right, our very own Chris posts weekly content. It's companion video to this very podcast. Do not miss his arcade meekly. All right, and now for Stinky the Game Master, Keith the Robo Duke, and Johnny Capcom, I am Kyle Von Kubik, inviting you, nay, commanding you. To open your ears and your mind to the hypnotic tones of Mr. Lobo. (laughs) Greetings, trick-and-treaters. This is your horror movie host, Mr. Lobo, from Cinema Insomnia. I would tell you to watch my new season on Saturday nights, starting on Halloween on OSI 74... But you'll probably be playing video games. Maybe you could have me on in the background. Might make it scarier. I do have a podcast on HorrorNews.net called Sleepless Nights with Mr. Lobo. I'd like to thank We Talk Games for inviting me to haunt their four-week spooktacular. Look out, scary games are afoot. Next week, Mystic Riders. Until then... Game over. Oh!